0: Hi, I'm Ryan Becker, and you're listening to the Rock Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church Official Sermon Archive. You can find more information about our church at www.rockhillsdachurch.org. We hope by listening to this message that you are encouraged and challenged in your walk with Christ. Another New Year, right? Now, you can put a label on it, call it a New Year, it's going to be pretty much like the one we just had. Not a lot of things are going to change. It's going to be pretty much the same old, same old. And that's a function of getting older. Now, when you're younger, you're still a child. A new year can mean a lot of things. You're going to get through in third grade and you know that by the end of this year, you're going to be in fourth grade. And that's new and different, right? I'm not in school anymore. So, I don't see much change that way. And when you're growing up, you're 12, but this year I'll be 13. I'll be a teenager. That's that's pretty good for the new year, right? I don't want to tell you what my next birthday is going to be, because I don't want to think about it right now. A new year. And... This is the time of year, and Carolyn, I did not have any clue. You and I have not spoken this week. I had no idea what you were going to to mention. And what, what I want to talk about is those resolutions, those things that we say every year we're going to do. Now, if you kept even one of your resolutions from last year all the way through, we still got one day to go. Raise your hand. Yep. Me neither. Me neither. And we start so hopeful we're going to we're going to lose some weight. Uh, we're going to keep the house a little cleaner. We're going to make sure that the gas in the car doesn't go down to that where the little light comes on. Uh, we're going to make sure those tires are rotated. Uh, we're going to make sure this. We're going to we're going to be better at that. Another new year. Solomon is telling us that God has a plan for us, and God has a calendar for us, but we don't know His calendar. He's put eternity in our hearts, but we don't see the beginning and we don't see the end. But we can be sure that God has a plan for every one of these events in our lives. And that's a pretty extensive list. Ruth, I understand why it's one of your favorites. I read it this time every year. This is one of my new year's things that I do. I go through and read this passage. I think of the music of it and the birds. The verge to everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a sea. Yeah, and I grew up with that song. <laughs> Me too. And it says that God has a plan, and everything has a very specific time. And if you look at this list and look at your life, there's probably some things that he hasn't fulfilled in your life yet. If you really look at it. So what is going to happen in this year? My grandfather was an old mountain man. He was actually born in a little place called Pig Trot, Tennessee. There was a college there, a Christian college there later on, Pig Trot College. But my grandfather was an old mountain man. And he had mountain wisdom. And this story came to me like second, third hand. I believe my aunt Sybil told it to me first, and then I asked my mother about it. And she said, well, she remembered something kind of like that. But she wasn't sure she had it right. But he was talking about making decisions. He said, there are three frogs sitting on a lily pad. And one of them decides he's going to jump into the water. So, how many frogs are left on the lily pad? Anybody? There's still three. You get it? He just, he's decided he was going to do it. I never said he actually jumped in. How many resolutions in your lifetime have you decided to do? How many things have you decided to do? but you never followed through. Despite the best of intentions and the best of your efforts, you decided you were gonna do something, but when you look back, you fell woefully short of what your intentions were. This list, This time of year, a time to keep and a time to throw away. It's hard to throw away some things, isn't it? Belongings. Sometimes we get attached to belongings and we don't want to throw them away, so our house gets cluttered. And then I say, Well, I've got to throw some stuff away. So I'll go around the house with a trash bag and I'll pick up this this and this and this and this and this. And they go out, they go in the dumpster, and I'm like, I'm so proud of me coming back into the house. I'm so proud, and I look around. There's just as much clutter as there was before. I didn't even put a dent in it. And, And my shoulders go down, and I'm like, oh, no. But here it says there's a time to keep. And there's a right time to throw away. Maybe it wasn't that particular thing's time. A time to search. A time to give up. A time to tear things apart. A time to mend. Solomon is telling me he was supposed to be the wisest man that ever walked the face of the earth outside of Christ. That as long as I'm walking in his will, in God's will there'll be a time for everything and there'll be enough time for everything and I won't have to worry about it not being completed he said I know that there's nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live that everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction from your work because that is the gift of God. He wants us to be happy and to be satisfied with the lives that we're living. He does not want us to be unhappy. He doesn't want us to be full of worry. He doesn't want us to be so torn down by the daily grind of just living that we forget that everything we have is a gift from Him. So I have to make sure that if I'm going to make a decision that my intention is based in His will for me, I have to discover my purpose. What is my purpose? Most of us spend most of our youth trying to discover what our purpose in life is. And then the second half of our lives second-guessing what we decided our purpose was. If you've not thought seriously about what your purpose in life is, you've not thought seriously. I believe that many of the problems in my life would have been settled a lot sooner if I had really understood what my purpose was and decided to live it out the way God wanted me to live it out instead of the way I wanted to live it out. And we won't get into the cowgirl story again today. In Romans, the Bible says if we live, we live to the Lord and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. Oh, that's my purpose. I'm His. My purpose is to belong to Him. And if I belong to Him, then I have an obligation to live for Him. Do you not know that you are not your own, but that you were bought with a price? Corinthians. My life is not mine. I belong to God. And so if I'm going to make any resolutions about what I'm going to do this upcoming year, I have to remember that first. My purpose is I'm God's property. It is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Philippians chapter 2. My purpose is to live out and fulfill God's will for my life. And it's my responsibility to cooperate with him. Anybody in here ever choose not to cooperate with God? How'd that turn out for you? I see from your faces pretty much the same way it turned out for me. And God smiles down, and he's so patient. He says, please stop banging your head against the wall, because it just hurts you to do that. It is my responsibility to cooperate. In Corinthians, I'm told whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, I do it for the glory of God. Not for me, not because it makes me happy or it makes me satisfied. But you know what happens if you are working in his will and doing the things he wants to, guess what? You are going to be happy and it is going to satisfy you. Wow, what a great benefit. It works out well. The grand purpose of my life is to know God and to have an ongoing relationship with him that brings glory to him in everything that I do everything. Not just the stuff I do here on Saturday morning. Not just that. Is that important? Yes. I consider this a tremendous responsibility to stand behind this desk and speak what he has laid on my heart. But Monday morning when I'm getting, or this this week, it will be Wednesday, when I get ready to head back to Mooresville to see my wonderful little children, my wonderful students, every word I say to them, every look on my face, the tone of my voice, if I am impatient with them or tolerant with them, has to be for his glory, not mine. Because I'm representing him to them and I have been blessed I have been blessed to work where I do and I understand what a great and tremendous responsibility is laid on me to be able to be openly Christian in my workplace not everyone has that ability I have higher calling than what makes me happy. If my life is built on the wrong foundation, it does not matter what it is that I build because it's not going to last. This may not sit well with some of you, but your primary purpose in life is not to be successful. And it is not to have a wonderful career and a beautiful house not your primary purpose. Your purpose is not to be happy in your earthly accomplishments. Purpose is not even to find love and have a family. All these things are wonderful and they're gifts from God that he gives us. But the Bible tells me in Matthew that my purpose is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then 62 things will be added to my life. Go ahead, check it. Matthew 6, 30, 30. Right? Is that what it says? All. All. Seek first the kingdom, his kingdom and his righteousness, and huh? all. all, all of this will be added to not just the ones that you want and the ones that you like. Anything he has is yours. It doesn't get any better than that. The second thing I have to do is to set my priorities straight. Once I know what my purpose is, I have to set my priorities. How many of you keep a day runner of some kind, a calendar of things that you have to do? A list? How many of you are list makers? Yeah. And you know, I have to do this today, and this has to happen first, and then i got a plan for this. God wants us to do that with him. And he wants to be number one. He expects to be number one. He won't take number two. That's not a choice. With him, it's all or nothing. My priorities. If my purpose is to glorify him, how do I do that? What's the first step? Well, I have to know what it means to glorify him. So I have to look at my actions and my words and my ideas and my thoughts and my behaviors. The circle of friends I hang out with. Things I do for entertainment. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and... Oh, all. I have to look at everything, right? I have to look at everything. We can do a lot of things for God that we think are important, but they may not be what he wants us to do. And sometimes we get caught chasing rabbits. And doing things that look good and sound good and feel good but that's not really where he wants us. And I've gone down I've gone down some rabbit trails in my life. It's not about doing good. It's not about doing good things. it's about doing what is best. Well, he wants the best for you. wanted did you know he wants his very best for you? His very best. He doesn't want second best. He wants the very, very best that his kingdom can give me. He doesn't want me to settle for anything less than his full attention, his full love, his full grace, his full compassion his very best. And sometimes we get so busy doing good stuff that we stop to think, is this really what he wants me doing? Is this the best that I can be doing? Because I fill up my time doing all this good stuff. Third thing I have to do is I have to have a plan. I know my purpose is to glorify God. My priorities are to put him and what he wants first. That's hard. Oh, that's hard. I still want to be a cowgirl. Not going to happen. But I have to have a plan. Ephesians 5, starting with verse 10. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Here's the hard part. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Carolyn, this morning you, you read from Romans about how we're to treat each other, how we're to interact with each other. And we're always to be uplifting and we're always to be positive and we're to always enhance the body of christ that's hard that's hard it's easy to find fault it's so easy to point a finger at somebody and say did you see that my 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 Joe Kenda, homicide voter. My, my, my. We knit our eyebrows together. We waggle our finger. I would never do that. Really? Your plan doesn't have to be elaborate. Sometime, I don't know when, sometime in my adult life, I figured out how to do it. And it's a simple question. Would Jesus approve of what I'm doing right now? Would Jesus approve of what I'm doing? Right I don't remember when I started asking myself that question. I really don't. I think it was after I was in seminary. Might have been when I was really struggling with gang-ridden high school students. I don't know. Trying to reach them with some love. I don't remember when it happened, but whenever I find myself having to make a decision, I have tried consciously to say, he's looking at me, he sees me, he's watching me, is he approving of what I'm doing right now? Am I bringing joy to his heart, or am I embarrassing him in front of the Father? And I guarantee you people, that will change the way you look at other people. It will change the way you look at your life. If you ask yourself, at any moment, when you're driving back up 77 or down five, or wherever you have to go, and that car comes speeding by you and cuts you off, and you start to react with your emotions, but then you say, would Jesus approve of this, what I'm feeling right now? Or am I embarrassing him in front of his father with what I'm saying and thinking? And that will change your life. Will it make you perfect? No. I'm sorry, it won't make you perfect. Are you gonna make mistakes? Mm-hmm. Are you going to fail? Mm -hmm. And what do you do? I am so sorry. I let you down. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. I put my faith and trust in you. And guess what? Guess what? It happens. It's like it never, never happened. He says he puts our sins as far from us as east is from the west. This little thing I want to read is not new with me. I've had it. Carried it in a strap of one of my, my study bibles for years. I don't know where it came from, but supposedly it's a letter that was written by the New Year. And this is what the New Year has to say. Hello, I am your New Year. I am an unspoiled page in your book of time. I am your next chance at the art of living. I am your opportunity to practice what you have learned about life during the last 12 months. All that you sought and did not find is hidden in me. It is waiting for you to search it, but with a little more determination. And all the good that you tried for and didn't achieve is mine to grant when you have fewer conflicts all that you dreamed last year but didn't dare to do, all that you hoped for but did not will to do, and all the faith that you claimed but never seemed to have are waiting to be awakened by the touch of this magic time. I am your opportunity to renew your allegiance to the Eternal One who said, Behold, I make all things new. So happy new year to you, my brothers and sisters. There is a time for everything. A time to plant. A time to harvest. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to laugh and a time to mourn. A time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear apart, a time to sew, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. For while profit has the worker from that in which he labors, I have seen the God-given task which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time.